You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot-button internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning. This is Bennett Kelly. We're broadcasting live here from the Internet Law Center in the downtown Santa Monica, the heart of Silicon Beach. Uh, Not so sunny Southern California today. But our guest today is a a very unique individual. He uh, most people know him just by his first name alone. He's a, a member of the Internet Hall of Fame and even has a latrine named after him at Wikipedia. Um, we know him as Craig from Craigslist, but the reality is, is since 2011, Craig Newmark has been working through Craig's Connect to unite the world for the common good using the Internet. And um, Craig, are you with us? I'm here and glad to be here. And thank you for joining us. We're thrilled to have you. Um, we're, the reason why we're, we brought Craig on is actually you know, through Craig's Connect. Um, he's been involved in a variety of initiatives from women in startups to um, funding uh, school efforts through Donor Choose, which my wife's a huge fan of, um, recently worked with a Pointer um, Institute to help uh, deal with fake news, and um, but has also taken a big interest in online harassment. Um, what Can you tell us how you got to that point? Well, I've observed people harassing others, often in just a mean-spirited way, sometimes for political purposes, and I've seen that happening uh, for over 20 years. I mean, I've been doing uh, customer service at Craigslist for just about 22 years. I've seen things happening which are just wrong. I've seen them getting worse. 
I see them directed at me, and I see it hurting the country. So I'm getting more and more involved in that. Uh, formally, you may have seen a couple weeks ago, both the Craigslist Charitable Fund and the Craig Newmark Foundation each contributed a quarter million to Wikipedia, figuring out how to fight harassment. It's really important on Wikipedia because that's where facts go to live. So right. we all need to get behind that. And, and so um, for people who aren't familiar with Wikipedia, um, they explain the role of editors and and why they might be the targets of harassment. Well, uh, the role of Wikipedia basically is to report on what's happening in the world and mm-hmm. report on what has happened already in the world. And that means it has to be uh, it has to be right. And sometimes that's uh, not considered okay by uh, bad guys in power. And sometimes they have their uh, personnel or enlist trolls to uh, both damage what's there, but also to discourage honest people reporting on what's going on. And that's just not okay. And it's, uh, it gets kind of ugly. I mean, often the bad actors will just motivate people who like to harass others for what they think is fun. Right. But the bottom line is it's wrong. And Wikipedia is a pure good thing for uh, everyone in the world. And it, it's it's funny you, you mentioned that. As a lawyer, um, one thing courts have grappled with is whether to treat Wikipedia as a um, as an encyclopedia, you know, th- with the same um, level of you know trustworthiness. And then more and more courts are doing so, which makes you know what you're doing very important. If you know if major decisions are being made relying on what's in Wikipedia, it's important that it be able to speak the truth. Yeah, Wikipedia right now, I'd say, is much more reliable than encyclopedias or newspapers because problems in Wikipedia do get fixed. However, it's far from perfect, which means that you might start with Wikipedia, but then you take a look around just to make sure, depending just on how important things are. In a courtroom, you want to get things as right as humanly possible, so I'd guess you want to take a look at Wikipedia first, and then again, double-check. But I'm speaking as an outsider. I'm not a lawyer. He says happily. <laughs> so um, it, you explained that the money that you, you, you gave personally and your foundation gave um, is to support the launch of a community health initiative to address harassment and toxic behavior on Wikipedia through development of tools for volunteer editors and staff to reduce harassment and block har- harassers. Um, what type of tools would this uh, be used to develop? I don't know specifically, and for security purposes, frankly, you don't want I, to. Uh, yeah, I won't uh, say. I have broad knowledge of this throughout the industry, and experienced customer service people can do t- things typically like looking at patterns of IP addresses and even looking at the style of uh, harassing posts, because usually... Well, usually individual trolls are frequently pretty limited in the range of stuff and ways that they're going to attack. 
also sometimes you can search for keywords or uh, phrases that indicate harassment of one sort or another. Now, this is an article, uh, I believe it's this month, in uh, MIT Technology Review, which I'm sure everyone reads, um, <laughs> is how a, a collection of, of over 13,000, quote, nasty grams, um, basically harassing messages sent to Wikipedia, um, might actually be used to develop, uh, you know, some kind of you know, programming or um, to figure out a way to screen out um, hateful speech. Well, there are statistical techniques like Bayesian analysis, which can be used uh, to make a really good guess as to whether or not something's harassing or not. Um, people, different sites use different approaches, but one might be you use automation to figure out what might be wrong, and then you have a person take a look at it and give it a further smell test. There's a number of uh, ways of approaching this, because computers can make good guesses, but you actually require intelligence to make a final decision uh, most of the time. Like when, when computers get that smart, then uh, I think they'll achieve self-awareness, and I, for one, welcome our machine overlords. And so... That was a joke, by the way. No, I, I, I got it. Um, <laughs> and, and so in terms of the editors who are, are being harassed at, at Wikipedia, the the challenge it seems is to um, I mean, white Wikipedia is, is having an, some trouble retaining editors, or maybe I guess can retaining editors consistent with the pace of the information they have to manage. And it, is harassment a factor in that? I think so. And speaking very broadly. I think harassment is a problem for editors and reporters and journalists of all sorts. In Wikipedia, the term editor is often meant to the person who's doing the initial reporting as well. Yes. But right now, throughout the whole internet, uh, bad actors are harassing honest journalists, honest reporters, honest editors. So we need to take uh, bigger steps to help people protect themselves. I think also uh, reporters and journalists should help protect each other. I think it's time for uh, good people who are outside that profession, like me, we need to step up and protect reporters of all sorts. Uh, part of that is also, well, news organizations need good, affordable media lawsuit insurance Right, and people like me are taking a look at that also. That's very interesting. And is that is your your interest in that um, partly triggered by the Gawker lawsuit? Uh, Gawker, but also the lawsuit against uh, Mother Jones, where they got attacked. Well, they published uh, something uh, true. The target of that reporting didn't like it, and he just uh, sued them, uh, perhaps knowing that they would lose that he would lose, but that it would cost uh, Gawk, they would cost Mother Jones a lot of money and that they would have a hard time getting affordable uh, lawsuit insurance. And so for that reason, I think people of goodwill need to help out now, both with the uh, lawsuit insurance and to fight uh, harassment. Now, 
in, when you think of the, the, the growth of the internet in the United States and you know who has been involved you know, during that period, um, you have been a constant throughout this, this era. Is the phenomenon you're talking about really the, the harassing, the, the, the way to tr- attempt to, I guess, in essence, bully the truth uh, into submission? Is was that always present, or is there is there at some point when the switch just turned and it ramped up? Uh, bullying and harassment in media has been a thing that goes back to the beginnings of journalism in the uh, Roman Republic. <laughs> uh, a great example of this has to do with Octavian Caesar uh, faking a will for Mark Antony which was used to justify declaring war on Antony and Cleopatra. It's a very old thing. The problem right now is that bad actors can enlist armies of trolls um, to fight fight good actors, and the bad actors have no compunction creating uh, fake trolls, that is, uh, just pieces of software which repeat Mm -hmm. what they say. And... uh, they also have uh, no compunction about, you know, someone might not only post under, uh, well, they would post under uh, multiple fake names. This is happening a lot. There was just a news report uh, about someone doing this. And basically, I guess the term that's commonly used is sock puppets. There's sock puppets, which are often proxies for uh, bad actors, but there's also uh, oh, bots bits of software which go around, which hang around, and when they see someone post something bullying or fake, then they retweet it or otherwise share it, creating the impression that a lot of people are behind something and they're not. Now, um, in terms of the Mother Jones lawsuit, in California we have a... um, a law called um, it's a it's, you file an anti-slap motion, and slap is an abbreviation for strategic lawsuits against public participation, which kind of grew out of efforts in the '70s, I believe, where um, large institutions were attempting to bully public interest groups um, from them not being too you know, I guess hostile to them because they basically said, okay, you, you want to publish something negative about us? We'll just, you know, we'll file a lawsuit against you and we'll, we'll eat up you know, your, your budget for the next three years. And so California responded by basically saying, okay, if, if you're filing a lawsuit against someone or an entity um, that arises from the exercise of their First Amendment rights, there's a procedure where we're going to stop everything and we're going to evaluate whether this is really a bona fide lawsuit. And yeah. there's an effort to actually make a national, that's called anti-slap law. There's an effort to make a national anti-slap law. And I don't know if that's something you followed or you have an opinion on. Uh, I've seen references to it. What my plan is, is that I'll find organizations which can and are willing to take this on and then I'll help out. Uh, frankly, my pattern is to find people smarter than me, more effective than me. I'll help them with uh, whatever influence I have, and I don't know how much, and I'll help them with cash. And then the hard part is that I'll get out of the way. Getting out of the way is sometimes the best thing a person can do. 
sometimes you can delegate yourself into uselessness, which is kind of what I've done at Craigslist, but it's the right thing. And and so, for example, in, in Craig's Connect, you, you work with a number of different types of organizations or verticals, you might say, um, ranging from veterans issues to women in tech. And, and how did you pick the, the particular institutions that you work with? Um, typically, as I'm getting interested in a particular area, I will note those groups who are doing a good job in something already. And... So by the time I commit, I usually know who's good at it. I will get help from people who know more about the area than I, uh, than I do. For example, last year, I relied on folks at Ford Foundation regarding the fight for uh, voting rights. And typically, like when I found people who are really good at uh, knowing the uh, veteran space, they could suggest other groups who are doing a really good job to help out uh, veterans and also their families. We don't want to forget helping their families. That may be the focus of my next uh, Donors Choose thing. Interesting. Yeah, I, first of all, as someone who's done voter protection the last several elections and who firmly believes that we need to um, revive the, the Voting Rights Act that was invalidated you know, a couple of years ago, um, you know, hats off to you on that. I mean, I've seen, you know, I've seen firsthand what voter suppression can do, and you know, enabling people to exercise that that most vital of all rights to vote. Um, you know, I have uh, hats off to you for that. And actually, quite literally, I'm actually, I, you know, in your honor, I wore a hat today, so I am raising it <laughs> for that purpose. Um, and we, you must be somewhat discouraged at the moment and where we are in that, in that effort. Um, basically I take a different point of view. Um, like in Sunday school, I learned it's better to, uh, better to light a candle than to, uh, curse the darkness. And that means instead of, well, focusing on the negative and frankly, instead of complaining, I'll do something constructive in an area. And I see a lot of people are doing that in this country. A lot of people are seeing problems and they're getting together both to protest and to make things better. And that feels good. And there is a lot of energy. That's true. Um, now, in, in, in working with Craig's Connect, are there certain, obviously, you, you, you have the pointer grant you've done to fight fake news and, and a whole bunch of other areas. Are there certain success stories that you're particularly proud of? Uh, it's all just starting, and it's hard to say. My greatest uh, successes might just come in terms of nudging journalists who want to do the right thing, influential ones, and I just keep nudging and relentlessly and so what, I, what might be my, the most effective stuff I've done has to do with indirect support, again, repeating it and repeating it. Hard to say. Um, Pointer is doing good work specifically, and their international fact-checking network is great. The two principles there that I work with are Snopes and PolitiFact, and I'm trying to get them uh, more help. Meanwhile, 
I'm also uh, looking into supporting peer groups of, uh, of Pointer. That includes some of the major journalism schools. And they're working with the big platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Google, to uh, be even more effective as forces for good in uh, trustworthy journalism. Um, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll have a, a, we'll wrap up with Craig. Um, typically, want to hear about the memorial latrine. So um, we're back with Craig Newmark after these messages. You're listening to the Cyberlaw Business Report only on Cranberry.fm. Stay tuned for more of the Cyberlaw and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjorge, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjorgeDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited, so contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Sales at cranberry.fm. Content for your ears. And everything in between. Cranberry.fm. The best gavel to gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Here is Bennett Kelly. And we're back. Our, our guest today is Craig Newmark, um, known throughout the world for his extremely successful Craigslist, which he not only founded, but he wrote the original code. But now he's become, I guess, what is one of the more prominent social entrepreneurs in the country. And a, a big benefactor for Craig has been Wikipedia. And they have named several, not just one, but several um, latrines after him. Can you tell us the origin of that? Well, it's a little complicated in that um, the Craig Newmark Foundation both contributed to the Wikipedia endowment and also to the harassment site, as well as Craigslist Charitable Fund doing that. Well, we've uh, actually made contributions over the years, and they uh, thought they'd like to do something to recognize it. I, uh, it's entirely possible I may have a sense of humor both uh, dry and absurd. So I think that's the Memorial Latrine number three. Number three, yes. The first is in a high school in the West Bank. 
Okay. The second is in a community garden uh, in a former junkyard across the street where I grew up in New Jersey. Mm. Yeah. Uh, recently, I realized uh, where I lived, where I grew up in Morristown, New Jersey, well, across the street from a junkyard, although the junkyard I played in was up the street, and that uh, told me about my uh, socioeconomic status when I was growing up. Um, nowadays, though, I do the reverse. I try to uh, help out. You mentioned donors choose before, and you mentioned veterans. Right. And frankly, I'm hoping to uh, further develop an idea that Stephen Colbert uh, initially had, where donors choose can be used to help uh, military families and their kids. That'd be a great idea. And, you know, if you ever get to that point, let us know. We'll, we'll bark it out to the whole world. I mean, um, not that you can't do that <laughs> well, equally on your own. But, um, yeah, we, we'd be 100% supportive of that. Um, I think that's a great idea. Now, I saw you speak at a lunch um, for the Luncheon Society in New York, uh, I guess about eight years ago. You were actually um, contemplating working with people to create the equivalent almost of the Marshall Plan for the West Bank. Uh, that was a, a great idea that I had where, uh, well, the philosophy is that America should be that shining city on the hill. Right. But given conditions in uh, between uh, Israel and uh, Palestine, things didn't work out. Um, yeah, they, this plane didn't work out, so that uh, that's on the shelf. It's a great idea. I mean, hopefully politics do improve, so um, you or some other social entrepreneur uh, can um, you know move that forward. Now, we are in an era that you know, in many ways, it, everything's new, and in many ways, it's not. Uh, are there people that you look to as role models for how you want to be as a social entrepreneur? Uh, not quite certain. I do see people doing uh, pretty good work. Um, for example, Bill and Melinda Gates, but they're operating at very high levels. I operate uh, continuously at the grassroots, engaging uh, with people on the well, on the grunt level, that, uh, and I'm inspired by the military use of that term grunt, since I spend <laughs> so much time with uh, veterans and sometimes active service members. And, um, uh, and on it, that point, let me interrupt you briefly. I did leave out one important title of yours, and um, that was as the Nerd in Residence by the Department of Veterans Affairs Center for Innovation. So I, I just wanted to note that you've, you've earned your stripes with the veterans community. Uh, that was a year's effort, and it looked like uh, some relentless nudging that I did. Uh, did was, well, that was the real beneficial effect that I had, particularly since I handed my uh, business card out a couple hundred times, and my title is customer service rep and founder. In that order, very important. I, I think that's the order. Now and then I get bored of my business card and I'll uh, change things a little. And who suggested Nerd in Residence? <laughs> uh, that was me. Their program is normally uh, Entrepreneur in Residence. Um, but I, I am a nerd. I'm an old school nerd. 
But apparently, uh, the Washington sense of humor doesn't quite catch on to things. It, it in a word, no. <laughs> there are some things that, that they, they don't quite uh, grasp, and humor seems to be among one of the many things they're having trouble with these days. Um, uh, they've never been good at it. And, and so, you know, as you move forward, and right now we're we're approaching what appears to be very turbulent times. Are are, are you are you hopeful? That that this is going to generate, um, you know, a lot of great uh, activity and um, ideas, or are you fearful about the division that we might might be facing? Well, even uh, prior to the events of uh, January twentieth, American democracy did have some big problems. Uh, I feel that now that uh, the American public, where we just can't ignore the big problems we have. And people are beginning to do something about it. But it's just in the first few days of it. You know, now that I reflect the vanguard of making America a better place, that's among uh, comedians. Yes. And there's folks like uh, Stephen Colbert and uh, all the other folks, John Oliver, they're leading the way. Oh, Samantha Bee. Yes. They're leading the way, I think, to make the country better. Uh, and the first step is to uh, realizing it, and I'm afraid comedy always makes that better. I just wish I was funny. I mean, I'm not <laughs> as funny as I think I am. I, I would, I would beg. Yeah, you, know, you always don't want to argue with your your guests, but I would beg to differ on that point. But um, you know, there's a. I saw a quote recently about comedy, and that if you want to make society confront hard truths. Um, do it through comedy because otherwise, <laughs> otherwise they, they, you know, they're going to go after you. Um, they're not going to want to hear um, it. Yeah. Well, the quote, the one that uh, I think the original quote is, oh, from Oscar Wilde, where he yes. says, "If you want to tell people the truth, make them laugh; otherwise, they'll kill you." Exactly. The, the man who fam- whose famous last words were, "Either the, the uh, curtains go, or I do." Well, in fact, he uh, lapsed in his from his own opinions, and they did kill him. Yes, they did actually. Although, yeah, I mean, it was his his demise is very interesting. Just the fact that you know he brought brought you know dared him almost to file the lawsuit that led to him being imprisoned, which is very sad. But um, broken, yes, broken very much. Um, there was a great play on that about you know fifteen years ago. Uh, on what he went through in that play, um, gross indecency, I think it was called, and just really compelling. And um, but he's a brilliant mind, and I guess that, you know, in, in essence, what you're trying to do in your work with uh, Wikipedia and uh, others is to make sure brilliant minds don't get broken, um, to make sure that people get to speak and have their say. Uh I agree, and in fact, I should do some tweeting on the subject. And what what would you say? Maybe the vanguard of change is comedy. If you want to tell people the truth, make them laugh. There you go. You know, I think when we stop talking, I think I'll post it on Facebook. Thank you very much. Well, Craig, I, I, you've been very generous with your time, and I really appreciate having you on. It's nice to talk to you again. 
And um, we are very uh, big fans of the work you're doing. And in, and in my household is a huge donor choose supporter. So uh, we love getting the feedback that we do from the schools. And so um, congratulations for everything you've done. And you know, particularly, in, you know, Craig, Craigslist, everyone, everyone raised about. But, you know, the work you're doing in Craig's Connect is really making a difference. And I'm, I'm really thrilled about this new project with Wikipedia. And um, hats off to you. Um, I uh, just got to do more, and then I got to do more relentlessly. I've committed at least uh, 20 more years to this. Well, I hope you get to do more. And uh, But thank you very much for your time, Craig. You take care. Thanks. Goodbye. Right. That was Craig Newmark, uh, the legend, um, Internet Hall of Fame member. And there's only so many of those. And uh, we've, I think he's our first Internet Hall of Fame member on the show. And I, I'm fairly confident he's also the first um, show guest we've had who has a memorial latrine. Um, our producer, Brasco, can correct me if I'm grossly misstating that fact. But I'm pretty sure we don't have any other guests who have latrines named after them. But um, Craig is just a very interesting guy, very dry humor, um, and you can tell his wit and intelligence comes through in what he says. But he's also very committed, and it's a great example of someone who uh, has done been fortunate in business and has given back in a major way through a lot of areas, um, from veterans to enabling, um, you know, our making our our democracy to function through. Um, fighting fake news, for fighting for voting rights, um, for making us a more tolerant society and promoting women in tech and um, and helping those who sacrifice for our society and veterans. So, uh, again, as I said, hats off. I, I literally did wear a hat today, um, partly in honor of him, but part, also partly because it's been raining in L.A. Um, so the rest of the show we're going to cover uh, there's been a number of news updates, and, and anyone who's been uh, watching the news since January 20th is, knows that there's a, we've been a, in a flurry of news. And there, there are some people who are actually debating how, how do we handle um, that flurry. And so let's start with um, well, the most important bit of news, and that is congratulations to the New England Patriots on winning um, Super Bowl 51. It was quite an experience and uh, the biggest comeback in history. Um, but what's actually interesting, and for for you Atlanta Falcon fans out there, uh, there you can take some one souvenir that would have value to you. And apparently, the Boston Globe early edition went to print when the, I guess the outcome of the game was um, in doubt and definitely not favoring the Patriots. So they actually have an edition in which uh, that it's the the cover is Tom Brady. You know, on the ground, and right after he had an interception return for a touchdown, and you can see the Atlanta Falcon running towards the end zone, and with a headline "A Bitter End." So, uh, and then alternative reality, at least uh, for the early edition of Boston, the, the Falcons won. So you might want to take comfort in that. But you guys did have a great season, and um, you know it's frustrating and disappointing somewhat to see some of the Falcons fans abandoning their team so much uh, when you know they're. The Patriots lost their first two Super Bowls, and look where they are now. And so the Falcons are in the same position they were just a decade ago. Um, so I want to go over to the, the more 
consequential news, of course. And there has been a number of areas that where a lot is going on. So we talked earlier about the summit of the tech leaders at um, Trump Tower after the election, before the inauguration. And you know, it was a, a way for the Trump administration to reach out to the tech community, which by and large had almost universally supported his opponent. Uh, a lot of people in the tech community, you know, from Google and other places, Facebook, uh, were openly supporting Hillary Clinton, and so it was it was a, a major event, a way for the sides to kind of reach out and um, start this new era in a, in a different fashion. Um, and then here we are, uh, less than three weeks later, uh, after three weeks after inauguration, I should say, and now they're. they're in openly engaged in warfare. Um, you have uh, over 100 in, let me get the exact number, but um, 127 tech companies have filed an amicus brief support in support of the effort to invalidate the um, so-called Muslim travel ban. And um, so in all of a sudden, right, right away, we already have a pitch battle with the tech community over a, a significant issue that's um, that President Trump has made uh, almost the centerpiece of his early first few days in office, and um, so we, as you, many of you know, that ear, the uh, the ban, in, particularly in the state of Washington, um, the judge there invalidated the order and had put a stay on the order. And that is on appeal to the Ninth Circuit. The argument was heard yesterday, and an opinion is expected from the Ninth Circuit any day now. Um, but there was a, a big outpouring from the um, tech community in response to um, the issuance of the executive order. And you know, rain, everyone ranging from Apple to Facebook, Google. Um, in fact, one of Google's founders was one of the protesters at the San Francisco airport that weekend. Um, Airbnb has been providing free housing to refugees, anyone not allowed in the U.S. And you, you saw uh, the, the, the tech community actually matching contributions to the American Civil Liberties Union that resulted in their, their greatest weekend of fundraising ever. So you, just a, a huge response to the tech community. And and. But, and also um, signaling a another a future battle yet to come, and that is going to be over the h one b visas. And um, for those who aren't familiar with that, that is a visa for highly skilled workers. and when a us company is unable to find sufficient uh, Americans in the, in the domestic economy to hire for those that type of work, um, it is, People get it. They they use the H-1B visa to bring in, you know, highly skilled coders or, or engineers or whatever. Um, there are some who believe that this has been abused, that it's really just being used to um, find cheap labor. And um, while the tech community over the years has been asking for an expansion of the program to enable them to bring in more people in in easily more easily. Um, there are a number of people, including um, the Attorney General nominee, Attorney Jeff Sessions, uh, who have opposed this and will actually want it limited or scaled back. And the Trump administration is preparing to review this is issue and um, is going to take, a, I think, a stricter eye 
on H-1B. And so I think you're going to see more people um, working to it'll be another round of conflict, I think, with the tech community. And, um, and here's a, an excerpt from the amicus brief that was filed um, by the tech community. And um, they also they enumerate a number of legal reasons why the um, executive order was invalid. But they they talk about it's also bad policy. And the brief says the order represents a significant departure from the principles of fairness and predictability that have governed the immigration system in the United States for more than 50 years. And the order inflicts significant harm on American business, innovation, and growth as a result. The order makes it more difficult and expensive for U.S. companies to recruit, hire, and retain some of the world's best employees. It disrupts ongoing business operations, and it threatens companies' ability to attract talent, business, and investment to the United States. End quote. And there's some speculation, actually, that this could lead to um, make the U.S. less attractive to highly skilled immigrants and could lead to talent either shifting to Canada, for example, or it actually may lead to that talent remaining where they reside, whether it's India or, you know, Singapore or somewhere. And, um, but either way, then, you know, that talent wouldn't be coming to the United States and that's the concern. Um, another, despite all the controversy going on and the, um, uproar that we were hearing, we actually do have a positive story coming out of Washington. And despite the partisanship, um, Congress, the House Representatives actually just passed a, a, a law to amend the Electronic Communications Privacy Act to ensure that a warrant is required to retrieve a user's communication from their you know, internet or um, mobile service provider. And you know, this is an important development. The, the, the current law, the Electronic Communications Privacy Act, has different standards and it's somewhat vague. But you know, to a certain extent, you can get e- communications of of an individual from their email provider, for example, if without a warrant, just by a mere subpoena. So there's no judge saying this is a valid exercise of the state authority to require that this be be delivered. Um, that is a significant development. The House passed the law last year. And so to actually, you know, with only several, in the first month or so of activity in the Congress this year, to actually pass this bill, H.R. 387, uh, which is similar to what was passed last year, is a, is a big step. Now, it's unclear whether it's going to pass the Senate. Last last term, the Senate, it, it's, it looked like passage was likely, but... There were some in the Senate who actually wanted to weaken the bill and make it easier for um, administration and the the executive branch to engage in surveillance. And so a number of amendments that would have actually made the bill um, easier to engage in surveillance rather than the main attempt, which was to provide this Fourth Amendment protection through a warrant, um, bogged the bill down. And one of the proponents of those amendments was Jeff Sessions. So if he's elected, if he gets confirmed as attorney general, he won't be able to vote against it. But the question is, 
well, what what position will the Trump administration take on the bill because of that? And so it remains to see what will happen on that. But one thing that is certain is we're going to take a short break and we'll come back. We'll have um, the rest of the news updates and we'll get you on your way uh, after these messages. You're listening to Cyberlaw and Business Report only on cranberry.fm. Stay tuned for more of the Cyberlaw and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Cranberry Radio is your new destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Get educated and entertained by our panel of on-air experts and peers. And engage with us anytime by following us on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, and LinkedIn. So you can reach us before and after every program. Located on our new social shareable live streaming player. Access the new Cranberry Radio live stream player at our website, cranberry.fm. A more refreshing kind of talk radio. Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Here is Bennett Kelly. Thank you. Um, We're back and we're talking about the news updates of the week. It has been a busy area from the lawsuits over challenging the Muslim travel ban order to passage of the Email Privacy Act. Two other things I'd um, like to touch on very briefly. One is um, the law firm that handled the Gawker lawsuit against, you know, excuse me, the Hulk Hogan lawsuit against Gawker Media that ultimately led to Gawker's bankruptcy. Um, they filed a lawsuit on behalf of Melania Trump um, over allegations uh, a story that's that falsely claimed that she had been an escort and as part of some you know escort international escort service and um, it, it, it's interesting this the lawsuit for a number of reasons one is that it, it violates what is known as the Streisand rule or the Streisand effect that basically there are certain things you, you don't necessarily want to do if you're well known because it's really just going to cause more attention to that thing that you're saying you don't want people hearing. So in this event, you know, the story had um, faded. It didn't get a whole lot of attention or traction in the media. 
But somehow, um, once they got into office, Melania Trump decided to file a lawsuit against the, the, the tabloid that ran that story. And I think that they knew full well that this was going to have a Streisand effect. And so now more people are aware of the fact that there was this allegation that um, Mrs. Trump had been uh, allegedly, um, you know, this, this false report that she was an escort at one point. Um, I think they were okay with that because during the campaign, Donald Trump said that he thought we should open up the travel laws, the the, um, the libel laws, to go after the dishonest media, in, in his view. And he's been engaged in this war with the media, both before the campaign and continuing. And I actually think this lawsuit is meant as a fulfillment of a campaign promise and as a way to discipline and punish the media. Um, this this is something that could easily have been settled privately without getting all the headlines. But I, I honestly think that with this lawsuit's being pursued for the purpose of punishing the media. And what's interesting, though, is that it, there's there was one miscalculation in the step. And that is the complaint alleges that um, Ms. Melania Trump had the unique once-in-a-lifetime opportunity as an extremely famous and well-known person as well as a former professional model and brand spokesperson and successful businesswoman to launch a broad-based commercial brand in multiple product categories, each of which would have garnered multi-million dollar business relationships for a multi-year term during which plaintiff is one of the most photographed women in the world. These product categories would include, among other things, apparel, accessories, shoes, jewelry, cosmetics, hair, skin, and fragrance. In essence, the complaint is alleging that Melania Trump, because of this allegation that everyone had forgotten, um, was being deprived of her ability to commercially exploit her position as First Lady of the United States. And that actually has caused blowback for the Trump administration because why would you, who would think of doing that? And it, it also asks the broader question, well, is that also the view of, the, of her husband and of her um, her stepchildren who are also involved. You know, do they view this administration as a commercial opportunity? And once again, it raises, puts a spotlight on the conflict of interest issue since Trump has not divested and he's not even you know, fully separated his business affairs from you know, his office. And so you know, what was an attempt to try to bully, I think, the media is now once again shining the spotlight not in the area where they they knew it would be shined into you know this false allegation, but in an area they didn't want it to be shined, and that is the, the ongoing questions about whether or not their the Trump administration is using the, its office for commercial gain. Um, another important issue we talked about, and um, we're going to talk about in more detail, is um, net neutrality, and we've already seen uh, a thing, a one move by the Trump administration on net neutrality. On Friday, the FCC dropped investigations that were pending over um, service providers that were offering free data plans, but only for their own content. So basically, the FCC was taking the position that offering free data plans that only apply to your content and discriminate against other content, that that violated the net neutrality principles. And the FCC has um, dropped those investigations and stated 
zero rating profoundly affects internet user choices, giving eyes. And um, so today um, they're closing their investigation and um, free data plans have proven to be popular among consumers and um, they're going to leave it at that. So, but we'll talk about more what the FCC is doing on that issue and uh, it's going to be an ongoing battle. Um, finally, I want to make a point on what is going on today in the United States Senate. Uh, I have, in my career, I've never seen a attorney general nominee who has been as controversial as Jeff Sessions. This is someone, I must remind you, was rejected by a Republican Congress in 1986 uh, when he was uh, nominated by President Reagan to be a judge, a federal judge in Alabama um, for um, the district court level. He is one of only 10 um, nominees to be rejected for district court positions in the last 74 years. And he was rejected because he had openly stated um, hostility to the NAACP, who he called an un-American, um, had stated statements in favor of the KKK. This is someone whose whole career has shown a hostility to civil rights. And last night on the Senate floor, Senator Elizabeth Warren tried to read a letter from Coretta Scott King, the widow of Martin Luther King, uh, that was submitted in opposition to um, then um, Mr. Sessions, um, who was when he was nominee for judgeship, um, and the Senate struck that they they shut that down. Um, you, you, the words of Coretta Scott King were not permissible, and yet um, they were going to elevate to the position of Attorney General, to the position of someone who will be responsible for enforcing civil rights laws, someone who has spent his career opposing them. And the, the ultimate tragedy is Critic Scott King died in 2006. And in 2006, Congress passed an extension of the Voting Rights Act and named the bill partly after her. And then in 2013, the Supreme Court invalidated the enforcement provisions of it. And Jeff Sessions said, today is a good day for the South. So I know Jeff Sessions will probably be confirmed, but it's a sad day for America. It is the debasement of that office and also a troubling sign of what is what appears to be uh, this white nationalism that seems to be creeping into the administration. And uh, we may talk about that more later. But um, that's all we have for this week. I want to thank all of you for joining us. I particularly want to thank Craig Newmark. You know, he is a, a unique individual, uh, a genius who has achieved a lot, both for himself and for the world. And we're grateful to have him and we're grateful for all he's done. Um, and through his various ventures. And we're going to monitor what, what, what's going on at Wikimedia, and uh, hopefully you know, they'll make progress in combating online harassment. But this is Ben and Kelly. Check us out at the internetlawcenter.net. Um, we're a full-service internet firm. And for information on today's show, go to our blog at cyberlawradio.wordpress.com. Follow us on Twitter at cyberlawradio and let us know your feedback. Until next week, this is Ben and Kelly from Semi-Summoning, California, saying have a great week. Quarters adjourned. See you next week. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their. Clear. Okay. News marketing and cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.